Welcome, Legends, to the Hubcast, your central hub for everything Apex. A podcast by fans, for fans. Tips and tricks, deep dives, and everything you need to know from your first drop to that last head pop. Dairy, legendary. What's up, Legends? Welcome back to episode two of the Hubcast. I am your host, Nick, and with me as always is... Nate. Nick and Nate, Nick and Nate, it's always great with Nick and Nate. Hey! (laughs) All right, thank you so much for joining us. Speaking of joining us, what's the numbers, Nate? The numbers as of right now for the Hubcast, episode one is 956. And that is across all platforms iOS, we're sitting at about 515, and Spotify, you guys rock on Spotify. You're sitting at about a 235. Yeah, 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 go boys. Yeah, go so boys. This, this is super awesome. We are so grateful to have everybody here listening to our dumbasses talking about video games and how they make us feel young again. Um, well, I guess me. I'm, I'm for the record, I'm still pretty young. So. Yeah, yeah, shut up. <laughs> so, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I, I'd like to put it out there that we are going to be doing a giveaway to say thank you for joining us and to hopefully help us get a little bit bigger. So the the giveaway is going to be one for twenty five dollars and another one for ten dollars. So it'll be a winner and then a runner-up. So how you enter that is you will have the tweet of this episode, and I want you to like it. I want you to retweet it. Um, It'll also be um, on Facebook, and so you can find that on Facebook at ThreatX3 Productions. You can find it there. You can give it a thumbs up. You can retweet it. Or on Instagram at TX3 Productions productions and you can give that a like and a repost i mean what do they call it on instagram (laughs) the repost okay oh and on twitter you're gonna go to at apex legends cast that's at apex legends cast i just have to emphasize the s because i don't want them to just you know it's plural basically apex legends cast on twitter or you can even go to at tx3 productions on twitter either one's gonna we're gonna be retweeting it on both of those so we want we want as many as we can obviously so if you'd like to retweet it that's great and we will pick a winner from anybody who retweets it reposts it you know shares it whatever the different terminologies are. Um, and as far as reader mail, you can go to all those different places. We have our direct messages. Um, what's the word? Open. Open. We- <laughs> you can slide in those DMs. Yeah, send us a DM on either Apex Legends Cast on Twitter or TX3 Productions. Or you can email us at apexlegendshubcast at gmail.com. All right, to start the show, we have a care package incoming. All right, so we got a lot of news this week. A lot of news to talk about. So the first story we have is what a week it's been. So this is from Vince Zampella of Zampella. Zampella. Hey, the M could be silent. Just go Zappella. 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 Is it Zappella? Anyways, what a week. 
Since we launched Apex last week on Monday, we've seen the creation of an Apex Legends community that is excited, thriving, and full of great feedback and ideas. Our goal is to build this game with you, our community. So, what? <laughs> oh, I get it, I get it. <clears throat> this, our goal is to build this with you, our community. So, keep giving us feedback because we really are listening. I can't tell you everything we have planned, and we are looking at changes based on player feedback and experiences. However, I do want to call a few things happening over the next couple of weeks. So first up, we got the Twitch Rivals Apex Legends Challenge. This is the tournament. It's going to be happening on Tuesday the 12th, so I guess that's actually today. Um, and next Tuesday, the 19th, with 48 of the biggest streamers on Twitch competing in the or competing live on Apex Legends. So they're going to be co-streaming all the action from an Apex Legends Twitch channel, and then they give the channel. So let's make sure we can put that in the description down for you guys. Then later this week, we are celebrating Valentine's Day by introducing some limited time Valentine's Day theme loot so all of you lovers <laughs> keep your eyes open don't forget season one kicks off in march and introducing the debut of our battle pass as well as new legends weapons loot and more we are so thrilled to announce that since last monday so one week and a day as of this recording more than 25 million that's with an M, players have jumped into the game, leapt, maybe even dived. Am I right? <sighs> oh, yeah. Get the jump master in on this. Um, so, I mean, like, usually we're going to say a news story, then we're going to say our, you know, opinion. But, I mean, our opinion is probably pretty clear from our last show. This is great. This is freaking great. This is This is fantastic. I mean... I don't think that we've had a rollout of a battle royale game like that before. Within the first week, you had 25 million right. players. I mean, that's absolutely insane. And something I kind of want to add to this, I didn't tell you about this, so it's a little bit bonus for everybody listening and even Nick. With Apex coming out, there's also been a resurgence in people playing Titanfall 2. I saw, oh, yeah, all, I saw an article about this the other day, and I, that just filled my heart with so much joy because Titanfall 2 is easily one of the best shooters of this generation. Definitely, I mean, it's, it's an absolute gem of a game. So to see people so excited about this new free-to-play game that they're going back and being like, let me go play Titanfall mm -hmm, 2 again. Mm-hmm. It's just incredible. And I myself was the same way. I had a game <laughs> a couple a couple of days ago where we were kicking ass. We were we were about to win. My squad was about to win and the servers just crashed. Oh. And so I was like, you know what? Let me jump into Titanfall 2. And I was not disappointed. I, it just meshed all right in together. Yeah, definitely. I think I, the one thing that we can take from this uh, $25 million in one week, I think one thing that we can take from this is more the numbers on Twitch – because on there, Apex Legends surpassed Fortnite. Now, day one, okay. Day two, okay. Three, four, five. But now here we are on a uh, week on, and nobody's gotten tired of it. A good example, Radical Heights. <laughs> Radical Heights came out. It got, it. I think it might have gone 
either over or it matched Fortnite. But then literally the next day, nobody gave a rat's ass about it. So, and then what, what, there's another, I mean, Blackout, I feel like that community did, you know, grab onto it, but still it kind of had the same thing where it kind of tapered off and just nothing could defeat the juggernaut that was Fortnite. So that 25 million is a good number, but like that number on Twitch and how many people are actually invested in this game is a little bit more telling than 25 million because 25 million is a free to play game. So how many of those people played it once and they're like, ah, this is not for me, you know, versus there are, you know, two, 300,000 people who are invested enough that they want to be, you know, constantly watching this. And so I think that says a little bit more, not a lot, but just a little bit more than what the actual, like 25 million is a good marketing statement. It's like, Hey, you know, this is what we're going to tell our stockbrokers so that they're like, Oh, look at all those dollar signs, you know? So that's a good statement for that. But I feel like the Twitch streamers and how many people are actually invested in the communities that speaks way more volume to it. So all right, our next item in the care package is an article from Dextero.com uh, titled what are secret heirlooms and how can you get them? So apparently players have been coming across uh, these hidden line of cosmetic items called heirlooms in apex legends. Um, the secret nature of which has caused some confusion in the community. This is all from Dextero. Uh, it reads, As with most of other Battle Royale titles, Apex Legends features cosmetic items whose values depend on their rarity, with common being the least rare, followed by, you know, rare, epic, and legendary. Um, now, there has been a hidden fifth level of rarity cosmetics called heirlooms which are more rare than any other items and are extremely difficult to obtain um, it also reads most players are not even aware of the heirlooms existence in the game because there simply is no mention of it anywhere the only way players actually see it mentioned in the store or inventory is if they manage to acquire one um, now so this isn't something i've heard about at all i haven't heard about heirlooms um, it's something I haven't come across in my time playing with it. Uh, and from what they're saying, the only way to get heirlooms is to luckily come across one when opening Apex right. packs. But unfortunately, with there, the chances are less than <laughs> 1% according to the actual right. FAQ right. on the site. Now, apparently Respawn and EA are sort of balancing this out by guaranteeing at least one heirloom in a player's first 500 packs. So you're almost guaranteed to get some right. sort of heirloom, you know, within the first 500. Um, much like how everyone is guaranteed at least one legendary in their first 30 packs. So that's really interesting. Uh, it also reads that the heirlooms come in sets. Um, and so that's cool. It's not just one item, you know, out of the legendary. It's not one item out of the pack. You know, you'll have a set right, of heirloom right. things. And these could be anything from quips to poses to, mate. like, the picture on the site shows uh, melee weapon skin, you know, a quip, and a mm -hmm. banner pose. So... Um, it's, it's great. It's great. Especially within the first week, we're hearing about these, these items that kind of add more, maybe not depth to the game, but add more things to right. go for. Like, and so let me get your opinion on this. Do you think this incentivizes people to purchase apex packs? Yes, I do believe so. And I mean, on the, on the business side of things, this is a perfect way. And I do like how they never really talked about it. And if you look, because we talked about this last episode, they show you the odds of winning, you know, common, rare, legendary, and um, 
uh, epic. They show you the odds for winning all that, but then they don't even mention the the existence of heirloom. So actually, the only reason we found this is because somebody found it. So for that reason, that's super cool. I like that. I feel like it was a good little Easter egg that ah, you caught us or whatever. But it's also just it's just an it's a neat thing that it gives you something a little bit more to go for. Um, and. I guess on the negative side, that is definitely 100% where the um, where the money part comes in. Um, this doesn't surprise me because, well, I mean, I guess it surprises me just because nobody knew it exists. But there, they definitely needed something to keep people's going, and they have a lot of stuff. They have weapon skins and everything, so this is just an extra thing to kind of keep people going. And I wouldn't say it's a negative necessarily, but at the same time, there are a lot of people out there who hate the idea of loot boxes. I'd say the only excuse only is the fact that this is a free to free to play game. And so most most of the time when people are complaining about loot boxes, it is in fact because they paid $60 for Battlefront or they paid $60 for Call of Duty Black Ops 4 and now they have to pay an extra dollar for a radical yeah so you talk about the negatives a positive side of this to me uh is that compared to things like black ops 3 black ops 3 supply drops were kind of expensive in terms of like actual dot like if you were to just purchase cod points to get these it was a little on the expensive side now with the apex packs you can buy 10 true 10 bucks very true I mean, I think the fact that they're a dollar a piece kind of softens that blow. But for sure, for the more cynical people like you, but maybe not in this case, for the more cynical people, this could be like, oh, they're just getting me, trying to get me to buy more loot boxes. But also on the other end of it, this is a free yes. to play yes, game. Yes, it is. That is okay. So how much did you say? How much did you say was the blackout ones? All right. So the base package for just two loot boxes is one ninety nine. So that's technically $1 in Overwatch, but they sell it by twos. So, you know, I guess by that factor, they, you can, the lowest you can go is $10 on um, Apex Legends. But I guess the upside there would be the fact that, you know, you can decide to spend that on whatever you want. So, I mean, Overwatch does have a very similar thing, but one thing I'd like to point out about Overwatch is it's a $60 game. So having something like in that in there is kind of what a lot of people have complained about. And even Overwatch, the makers of Overwatch, they've been like, oh, well, ours is just cosmetic, so it's not it's not that bad or whatever. But, you know, people like Jim from Jimquisition have pointed out, it's like, yeah, but you're locking behind, you know, something in a, in a game that you have to already pay for. And, you know, now when it comes to black ops three, their supply drop system, you have common, you have rare. Now when for a common, it's 10 crypto keys. And for a rare is 30 crypto keys. You can also purchase these with cod points. Um, now, as far as cod points for 200 is a dollar 99 for 2000 is 1999. Mm -hmm. So now I remember from my time with Black Ops 3, and of course it's very depending on skill, but you know, it took me a couple rounds to get at least 10 crypto keys. Um, it didn't take much, but it did take me a little considerably longer to get 30 of them. 
Um, but if you wanted to just purchase them outright, you know, you would you use COD points. Now, also with that, in their supply drop system in Black Ops 3, you had things True. like weapons. True. You had other things. It wasn't just skins. So it, it, that definitely felt a little bit more egregious to me. But circling back to Apex, the fact of you get one, you get an Apex pack True. every time you rank True. up, every single time is great. And also circling back to the very beginning of it, it's a free-to-play game. So when it comes to these tactics, anybody who's like, oh, they're microtransactions, uh, like who are still on that page, it's like, guys, like it's okay to complain when it's a $60 mm -hmm. retail game and they're asking for more money yeah. for microtransactions and it's in a bad way. But when it's a free-to-play game, like how many people are, well, people are complaining about Fortnite in the sense of it's, you know, uh, there are complaints about Fortnite's microtransaction system, but Apex, I just, I yeah. don't think this is a I problem. I mean, I will say one thing that I don't like is how, like, um, their, their legendary, or I guess epic, the, their epic skin that they have up with Pathfinder is $18. Now, granted, you could get that same thing in a loot box for just $1, but it doesn't, it definitely seems like there's a discrepancy. And so that particular thing is that's the one negative I have about Fortnite is that each of their skins are like for like a purple, for instance, it's like $15. It's like, why? This is a digital item. And considering how much money they did make, it's like, you know, part of that was because it's $15 for a purple. But at the same time, it's like you, you they were the forefront of the whole um the whole style that I mean, even just looking at Apex's format of how they have their store, it looks exactly like Fortnite. So Fortnite was the grandfather of this particular system. And, you know, having one of their first skins was literally a skin because like nowadays they're super elaborate and they have like different arm pieces and different leg pieces and everything so they're super elaborate but back in the day when you were first spending $15 it was for literally a skin you could see the outfit of one of the default um, characters but they just put a skull guy and they painted it over and so that was like this is $15 this is BS and so that's the one big negative that I've always had for Fortnite. It, it's less egregious now, but like I said, that's just because it's more elaborate. And so, but even still, you know, do, do, do we really need $18? Yes, I get to buy it directly, but it doesn't need to be 18 is the point I'm trying to drive at. Does it need to be 18? Why, why couldn't it have been 10? I mean, this is something that I don't get to look at. Un unless I'm dropping, obviously I can look at it while I'm dropping, or I can look at it when I'm doing a finisher move, which is cool. But at the same time, it's just, it's $18. It just seems a little bit high. And considering that they could have, they could have taken the Fortnite and gone, Hey, look, we're going to actually do the same thing, but we're going to make a little bit more reasonable prices. I feel like people would, wouldn't mind as much. You know, because there's there's always going to be cynical people but, out there and be like, $18? That's ridiculous. I'm never going to spend one dime on it. And then there's some people that would rather do the loot boxes. But how much more people, more people could you get to buy an orange if instead of $18, it was just $10? 
and then a purple was 750 and then a blue what you know like if they just had a little bit more reasonable of a price how much more likely would somebody be to buy it that's another thing that we didn't touch on last episode and one of the really cool mechanics of the game is the hunger True. games aspect to it where around the map you have the the, the banners um, yep panels you have the screens that you have the banners showing you know who was the champion last round or who's the kill leader for skins on here you you can broadcast what your skin looks like you can set that on there and so people can see right. oh that's a really cool skin like you were saying with Fortnite, you're paying 15 bucks or something i mean you'll right, see it because you'll see yeah. your player but right in apex you're you're able to present the skin that you earned or the skin that you bought and everybody mm -hmm. can see it across the map yeah and i mean so that's just my point my point is that how much more likely I mean, yes, we get it up on the banners if we happen to be winning or if we won the last. But it's just it, my whole point is that how much more likely for me personally, uh, I don't make I don't make hundreds and hundreds and thousands of dollars per month. You know, I'm paycheck to paycheck, just like any normal average Joe. And so for me, it would be so much likely if I saw that and I'm like, ooh, 18. But if I would have seen the same thing for 10. And then not only that, but that really sets the precedent for what the prices are going to be moving on. This is still a new game. It's literally only a week old. So like they don't have to make that the norm. They can change it. They can make it more reasonable. And I just feel like there are some people who $18, they'll pop that down like it's nothing. Maybe they're a streamer. Maybe they're, they just have disposable income and they'll just plop it down like it's nothing. But then there's some people out there, whether you be a dad or whether you be somebody who works full time and maybe you just don't have as much time to play video games and maybe you just don't have as much disposable income because you have either responsibilities or whatever, whatever the case might be. And you see that and you're just like, hell no. And so to get those people who are saying hell no to that skin to get them to go, you know what? Yeah, sure. Why not? You know, to get them there, I just feel like if they dropped it down, it would be so much more likely, you know, because for me to get that is basically, that's the same price of taking my girls out to go see a movie. I got a wife and I got a little baby daughter. She's going to be four in May. And so instead of uh, taking them out to the movies, I wanted a skin. So that's basically what that's saying is that, well, now I can't do that. So, I mean, that's just, we got to look at it from all perspectives, you know, because no matter how many people are willing to pay that price, there are so many people who would be willing to pay it if it were lower. All right. So then the next topic is there were um, solo and duos were found in the code of the game. So obviously there's been a lot of interviews and everything floating around. But one thing that somebody found by digging into the code was that they did have solos and duos. Um, this is my personal reaction, but that really, really does not surprise me whatsoever. In fact, my theory is that this probably started off as a very generic battle royale that had Titanfall mechanics. Because there's even been interviews saying that they had double jump triple jump they had titans in it at one time so for me i feel like this was just a generic titanfall battle royale and 
as far as balancing, because that's been the number one thing that they've always referenced when they're talking about why they decided to exclude something is they're always talking about balance. You know, having a Titanfall in the game is pretty much a end all be all to you winning. And so it was very much about balance in Titanfall. Uh, a Titan was a power up that you could get. Whereas Battle Royale, they're really trying to make it so that everybody started on an even playing field. And so that even goes down to them choosing three rather than four people. They chose three because they felt with just that extra person, it meant that there were more people running around. And so they honed in on three because they felt like that was the magic number. But not only that, but I, another thing to keep in mind is that this was in development for two years. So how hard of development is always going to be the question. But just to give a good idea of what two years was, Overwatch came out in May of 2016, and it happened to have won the game of the year that year. Battlegrounds came out in 2017, which got nominated for game of the year. And the original H1Z1, which was spun off into two separate projects, which one of them was the King of the Kill, that was 2016. So 2016, you had H1Z1 and Overwatch. So there's a very good chance that this really did just start off as a battle royale and they're just trying to get their name out there. And then through the development process, they were playing it. They were realizing, you know, I think one thing that somebody, one of the developers said in an interview is that with the wall running and double jumps, what they realized is that people were not sticking together. So, I mean, that goes back to what we were talking about last episode, which is this was pretty much built from the ground up to be team oriented because they realized even with just being able to run on a wall, it made it it made people go off and do their own thing when they really wanted people to be able to stick together and make it a team, which also goes back to what I said. Overwatch came out in 2016. That was about two years ago. It got really popular, which also explains why they have hero shooting mechanics in this game. You know, they, they probably saw this generic battle royale, Titanfall mechanics, Titans, but they were just thinking to themselves, this is good. But it really doesn't feel unique. And so I feel like that's probably when they decided, okay, let's add let's add characters, let's add abilities, let's see how that works. What do you think? I'm glad that they did that. Uh, primarily, you know, with the fact of me playing that round of Apex and jumping right into Titanfall 2 and it feeling different to some capacity. I'm glad in Apex Legends that you don't have that advanced movement because it gives you more reason to be with your squad, you know, other than having to run away from, from your squad. You know what I'm saying? Um, now the only thing like in comparison to Titanfall two that I will have to say about it is I wish that the <laughs> grappling hook with Pathfinder yes. was we'll, a we'll little bit We'll get into better. that a little bit later. <laughs> you know, cause in right. That, that's my only complaint about, you know, mm -hmm. from the difference between Titanfall two to Apex Legends is I wish that it was a little bit better like it was in, in Titanfall 2, but I'm very much happy that they decided to go with this more grounded approach because I think it yeah. really, really And makes I mean, that's definitely one thing I feel like a lot of people have been touching on lately, giggity, is the fact that they want mm -hmm. solos and duos. And 
I kind of talked about it last time and me and you definitely kind of disagreed in certain areas, but like I've even been seeing it on Twitter and I've been seeing it all over, but like a lot of people are complaining about the fact that there isn't solo and duos and like, um, skill up, put it the best. He had his review for it and he talked about how he understood why people want solos and duos, but then what it's just so clear that this game was made for and, and so I just I don't I don't feel like it would make any sense because it wouldn't make sense to have solos and duos in Rainbow Six Siege or in Overwatch because that's just not the game that they're going for. So for me, it's just why why put solos and duos in the in the matches? But I will concede to one point. I feel like if they wanted to do solos and duos, maybe they could do it as a limited time run, but. I don't think there should be any abilities because abilities is really what would make certain characters OP in solos and certain characters completely underpowered. So I don't know. What do you, what do you think about that? I mean, am I, am I the only crazy one thinking that? No, you're not crazy. I personally would like a solos mode, uh, even if it's just a limited time thing, just because there are some times that if I, like you, for example, I was I was up late last couple nights ago and I was going to play Apex and I didn't see you were online. So I would have really liked to just kind of jump in and like maybe play a couple rounds by myself and then jump back out um, just because my rando experience has been... Mm-hmm. okay sometimes and worse other times so that's why i personally would want a solos but i am okay with it like you were saying if they do limited right. time events kind of like how they do in Fortnite. you know how they would have their their snipers mode or, or even an ambush like in um blackout okay. blackout has that ambush mode um so i'd be okay with it i do completely agree with you if they do solos they would have to make some changes. Um, a perfect example would be, let's say you're, you know, one V one, against a Wraith and you're have the upper hand and then they use their tactical ability and just be able to right. dodge and weave and completely get around behind you. That would make for compelling gameplay, but from person to person that could right. be seen as an unfair advantage. So if they do solos, mm-hmm. there's a lot that they're going to have to do, um, to tweak because that's part of the charm right. of the game is having those abilities. So, if you take those out, would that make solos more boring? I don't know. Like, I mean, what would I just, I think do? with, if they kept him in, it's just almost impossible. I feel like everybody would choose Wraith or everybody would choose Pathfinder. They, they were, they would only choose those two people. And that's why I also think that like the developers said, that's why they stuck with three instead of making four, you know, squads, they stuck with three for some reason, but that's probably because with all their play testing, three was that magic number where it got people to experiment. So of course you're probably always going to have a race on your team, but then who's going to be the other two? Not only that in true, in true, you know, hero shooter fashion, there are, there are like certain characters that counter other characters. And so, that only makes sense when you have a squad, you know, because if it is solo and duos, you know, you could go up against somebody that you don't have a good counter to. And it's like, well, you're just SOL. And so that's personally why I think if they ever do solos and duos, which I feel like stick to your guns, respawn, stick to them because this is rainbow six siege. This is overwatch, but in BR, 
you know, stick to your guns because it just doesn't make sense with what you guys clearly were trying to make from the ground up. It doesn't make sense to make solos and duos. So, yes, you're trying to listen to your fans, and I understand that. But, the, like I said, that one caveat, if it's guns only and there are no abilities, that, that to me, that's the only way it makes sense. Yeah, I agree. If they do solos, it's going to be something that, that's going to be interesting to see. Now, duos probably would be a little bit easier just because you Pretty still kind of have yeah. that. You're basically deleting one person. As far as duos go, for example, you could have one player be caustic mm-hmm. and one player be mirage and you can maybe entice a opposing squad or opposing duo to go into this place with you with mirage mirage uses his you know hologram and let's say caustic is waiting in that building to throw down the smoke so that would be a good tactical advantage you could have as far as an example mm-hmm. so du- duos would be a lot easier solos is where it's yeah, going to be really interesting on what they can do all right, the last one we have, it's an article from Dextero, and it's just kind of going over some uh, plans that Respawn has shared about balancing meta and future updates and things like that. Um, so one of them is they are working on bug fixes and, and technical specs. Um, I think PC players were having some issues uh, oh, with right. processors saying that they can't run Apex, so they are working on that. Um, they There's also been an issue with cloud saves not syncing or getting the message that they're not syncing. Um, they have reassured players, don't panic, your progression is safe. I guess that's something on their end, it's showing that their progression, but maybe on the player's end, it's it's not showing the same thing. Um, they all also did talk about balancing in some meta stuff in itself. Um, one of the quotes says, we have lots of great stuff to chew on, many things to fix and improve, and good debates have already begun among the dev team. Our main focus right now is stability and quality of life, but in the near future, we'll be talking more about the potential updates to the meta. So that's always great to hear people say we're having some debates with devs because it shows a conversation that's going on. Um, Now, one of the last things it says is with the hero system in Apex, balance balance changes to the abilities and ultimates are delicate and can seriously change the way the game is played. We talked about that about doing solos um you know and they quote overwatch as as an example to go by so if you want to read the full article we'll put it in the description it's from dextero all this information was sourced from reddit but um those are kind of the main key points on on the article in and of itself all right so topic of the week is just something that we're going to have a nice discussion about this is something that you can talk to us about so you can send in the topic of the week and then we'll have a nice debate over it or discussion whatever the case might be this week's topic is the negatives so last week we had a really good circle jerk and just how much we love this game and how awesome it is what makes it unique what makes it freaking awesome why we can't stop playing it so i thought this week's topic would be perfect to talk about the negatives because no game is without sin and so it's really important for us to talk about what can be improved what can make this game last as long as possible so what's your first negative um my first negative is probably going to probably going to be weapon drops um so something we've come across a lot and especially the last the most recent games we've played the areas we've dropped nothing but p2020s and mozambiques like absolutely nothing of it and I understand, especially in Battle Royales, like you don't want an overpowered thing right off the bat unless you go to a high traffic area to get high tier loot. So I completely understand that. But I feel like even the, even with that, weapon drops could be a mm-hmm. little bit better. 
Uh, maybe wean out less of the P2020s and maybe some more AR drops. You know, I don't want to R101 every single time I drop, but give us some more variants, especially with the fact of how large the map is. Like, I can understand True. in areas like some of the, you know, more condensed, like, shantytown areas have a lot of, like, automatic pistols or the Mozambique even, but it feels like the P2020 is just insulting because you're not, <laughs> you're not having long range engagements with that gun. I mean, I didn't even like the P2020 or the Mozambique in Titanfall 2. I really didn't. I never used them. I only ever used the uh, automatic pistol or the wingman if I felt so inclined. You know, and even with the wingman, the wingman is a powerhouse weapon. It's it's a good weapon. And you do have a good oh, yeah, variation definitely. of getting that as far as where you're you're dropping at. Um but right. the, and that does at least come with some good attachments to make it longer range. Yeah. But it's just, I think they could be a little bit varied. I think it could be better on, on the certain weapons that you're getting. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely agree on the Mozanqueef. I don't think that that's a very good one to start off with. The P2020, uh, w while I understand why people don't like it, what I like about it is being able to just basically fire off as quick as my finger can make it go. Giggity. I could just like, you know... <laughs> I can paintball the f and just be like tick, 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 tick. so I mean that's personally why I like it but that's just me right the, I, I see more value in the Mozambique in those areas in particular just because if you can't find another shotgun an actual shotgun then if you mm -hmm. have something that's close range like that that works whereas I think there was a time the last squad we had, me and you, that both of you either had a sniper or a DMR or an assault rifle and I had a Mm -hmm. Mozambique and I was just running around and we were going to a long range area so you know I, that's that's my first complaint as far as the game goes yeah um I guess then my first negative would be the time to kill I feel like there's so many times that I can just drop on a dime but then it takes like a whole clip to kill somebody and I mean this might just be me and it might be me getting used to the game, but it does feel like it does feel like that happens way too often. Like there is one time I literally got shot twice. Granted, looking back on it, I think it was a peacekeeper. And so peacekeepers close range, those are just like dominating, obviously. But at the same time, it was just frustrating to me to be like and then boom, boom, dead. I'm like, wait, what? It was really frustrating. And so and part of that might have been connection or part of it. I don't know. But either way, I literally got shot twice and then I was dead. And I had a purple shield. So I was like well endowed. And so for me to just drop like that was like really frustrating. And there's been sometimes I feel like even somebody with a regular uh, white shield and I empty a whole clip into them. And there's been some times, now this 100% is probably me getting used to the game, but there's been some times where it's like I've shot at somebody and then probably right before I kill them, I stop firing because I think or I thought I killed them. But then I'm like, oh, wait, crap. And so I'm starting to like reload because that's always like your, that's your reflex <laughs> when you get done shooting at somebody, you just automatically reload or whatever. So here I am caught in the middle of reload and then I start getting attacked. And so that might be me, but there's just some times where it's like, okay, I've done enough damage to this person. 
they're gonna die by the time that last bullet hits them so i'm just gonna go ahead and reload right now yeah and i've seen a lot of people compare the time to kill on here uh very similar to like halo 3 and I, I've seen people okay, say yeah, if yeah. you're if you're used to Halo, Halo Three in particular, then you know you'll get used to this. And I can understand that completely. And I also understand where you're coming from in the sense of you know it does seem a little frustrating, especially coming off of games like Fortnite and Blackout, where you wouldn't have to empty a whole clip into someone to get them down. True. True. So, true. and it also is very different from Titanfall as well. Like giving a direct comparison, it's the time to kill in Titanfall is nothing. It's nothing. Like the only true. thing that's going to be indicate an indicator of that is going to be your aim on how many rounds you put mm-hmm. into them. So you know that I can understand. And like you're saying about the Peacekeeper, a lot of times when you get a kill, you know you'll just have someone down. With the Peacekeeper, Peacekeeper is the only weapon I've seen so far that will just straight eliminate you and not even get you down. Like yes. it'll just absolutely wreck shop. Um, I think that's something that they can. That's definitely a fix that they can in input as far as in a balancing update or, you know, or anything like that. So that's something that I can see being a fix coming forward, maybe um, dropping the time to kill a little bit more, mm-hmm. but that is, a, that is a valid complaint. All right. You got another one then? Yeah. So my absolute biggest complaint with the game is the difficulty of distinguishing enemies. Now, I had a direct situation with this, uh, and I think it was the second match that I played where I don't think I was playing with you. I think I was playing with a random squad, and we all Mm -hmm. had mics, and we were kind of like gathering intelligence of, you know, there's someone around here. Well, I turn around, and I thought I saw my teammate, and I was like, wait, there's four of us. There's not, I thought there was three, and it turns out that other person was an enemy who just literally walked straight in between us and then started firing at my teammate. And I was like, oh, okay. okay, that would have been nice to know. And then I started unloading onto him. Yeah. A fix yeah. for this could be something like in Titanfall 2 where trying to distinguish between the grunts and the pilots, the pilots kind of have this red aura around them, this kind of red, right. red like look, like border over them, outline. Yeah, pretty um, much, yeah. I think that's something that they for sure need to fix. Like that's not at least at a certain range because long range, obviously if you had a red aura, that might be a little bit, it might stick out a little bit too much, especially depending on like what terrain you're at, but close range, I definitely feel like that's a problem. Definitely. So my story real quick is this was one I was actually playing with you. You were lifeline And so I have my FOV pretty good so that I can kind of see out of the corner of my eyes and everything. So out of the corner of my line, out of the corner of my eyes, I see lifeline. You're playing as lifeline. We are rushing into this house to kill because we know there's a squad in there. So I see lifeline at the corner of my eyes and I just don't think anything of it. Before I even have a time to react, the person kills me and I'm like, oh, that's not you. And I was pissed. I was pissed because we were rushing that house and we were doing pretty good that match. And so, like, I feel like that was the domino because then everybody else ended up getting killed. But it's like if if maybe I could have, you know, pulled a clutch moment if I just would have been able to know that, no, that's not Nate. Freaking shoot him. And the thing is that, you know, after they killed me, she, you know, went around my body and I could see that she was wearing a different outfit than you were wearing. But at the corner of your eye, all you're looking at is the silhouette. 
and the silhouette was, you know, she's got her Mickey Mouse, you know, muffs on her head and you you know, she's she's you know, she has a very distinct silhouette. All the characters do as a matter of fact. No matter what costume they have on, they have a very distinct silhouette. And so that's what I saw. I'm like, "Okay, Nate, we're going in here together." Woohoo! What why'd you kill me? <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, I remember you yelling about that. That yeah, that's that's oh, very yeah. similar to the situation I had. It's very it's my most frustrating thing about the game is and and right. now as far as technically wise, yes. When it's long range, the draw dist- it that, that takes a lot of effort to have the draw distance of e- any kind of red outline. And I think that's even something mm-hmm. similar in Titanfall 2. I can't see an enemy far away's like silhouette. I can see their character mm-hmm. if they're running, but when it com- comes to a close quarters engagement, give some kind of outline to indicate who that who if that's an enemy or not. And Call of Duty Ghosts is a great example of that because I've played it again recently is the color gradient that they use for just the game as a whole makes it mm-hmm. very hard to distinguish enemies from teammates. Yeah. And see like when it does come to long range, I don't I don't find the I don't find the fact that it's harder to pick out enemies from the background. I don't find that as a negative. No, that's that's easy I, to find them. Well, I don't think so. I think when it's long range it's actually harder to find them, but I don't mind it because it kind of emphasizes more the team play. You know, because the ping system, I'm able to ping somebody way out there and be like, where are they? They're over here, you know. And so for me, long range, that's not a big deal. It is those close range, which obviously we're both agreeing on. It's those close range things where, you know, the the tension is high. Our, our hearts are pumping hard. And, you know, the second that it would take for me to look over and find out that it was you... I could get shot by somebody else. Does that make sense? So if that would have been you in that situation, maybe I would have looked over, oh, it's just him, and then looked back, and all of a sudden there's a peacekeeper in front of me. You right. know what I mean? So so it works both ways, whether it would have been you or wouldn't have been you. Either way, it's like it's information that I'm not getting properly in order to do my job properly. Now, obviously, I could have looked at the map, and I could have seen that it wasn't you, but that's still enough uh, out of the way where it's not really helping as much as I would like it to. So plus what if you would have been like upstairs? So it's like at a glance, maybe I look at it for like literally a half second and I'm like, okay, he is next to me, but maybe you were upstairs or something. And I didn't know that. So either way, it's still kind of like something needs to happen. Another thing that happened for me, and it's a huge negative, is the grappling hook. So you started talking about it earlier. So let me tell you my story. This this was another situation where I was just like, what the fuck? I mean, I, I was pulling off one of those what I thought was going to be this awesome like YouTube moment. I was going to be in a freaking highlight reel. So I have a lifeline shooting at me. It's always lifeline, apparently. It's always freaking lifeline. Anyways... <laughs> So I'm shooting at a lifeline and she kind of goes down these stairs. So what I do is I use my grappling hook and I jump at the same time. So I kind of get, you know, slingshot over her. So then what I do is I turn around so that I'm looking at her when I land. But for some reason, what that does instead is 
continued to retract me into the grappling hood and brought me towards her. And then I had this like second where I was like, and it was like going left to right because it was trying to go where the hook was. And so then I got killed and I'm like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. My biggest problem with the grappling hook and I kind of, touched on it earlier is in titanfall 2 the reach on the grappling hook is insane i mean it's 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 clutch it's for sure clutch now i understand to not have it not have the range of it be that much like it is in titanfall 2 with apex legends but i think it could be a little bit better i mean when i'm looking when i'm like maybe six feet away or 10 feet away from a building or from a ground and I can't latch onto it. That's kind of frustrating. Like it kind of makes me not yeah, want to use They need an the indicator hook. like an X or like, like the grappling hook in. Yeah. Like the grappling hook in uh black ops four. Ooh, that's that, a good point. Yeah. That's a great example. Yeah. Have some sort of indicator like X to green. Like that would make it so much better. Cause then I, like, I'm not asking you to change the range. I'm just asking to have a better indication like that, you know? Yeah. And it makes it like Wraith's tactical ability is so much more useful than uh, Pathfinders. Yeah. So yeah. it kind of makes that tactical. And here's another thing. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the grappling hook in Titanfall, you can let go at any time. Correct. See, now that's a big problem for Pathfinder. Once again, correct me if I'm wrong, but even if you let go of the grappling hook, it's still pulling you in. Um, yeah, I believe so. I know another difference is you have at least two, maybe two and a half uses uses for the grappling hook in Titanfall 2 before it True. starts to refresh, whereas you know you have the one and then you have the cooldown. Exactly. So that's another exactly. thing. That is definitely another thing. But, I mean... That could also go back to what we were talking about, about balance. Maybe with two charges, there was just, you know, Pathfinders jumping all over the place, so it made it a little unbalanced. I mean, that's the only thing I can... But it's really not that. It's just the hook itself that is just very much, you know... I I, I don't know if I like it, so... Up next, we're going to be doing our first deep dive. Today's character, we're going to be talking about Bloodhound. All right, so today's deep dive, we are going to be talking about Bloodhound. We chose Bloodhound because he's the first character. So we're kind of just going left to right. So that means, Mirage, you're going to be the last one. So everybody hates you anyways. I'm just kidding. I love you. All right, so Bloodhound. We got a lot of this information from Pro Game Guides. That's ProGameGuides.com. So go to ProGameGuides.com. And that's a lot. That's where we got a lot of our information. Plus, you know, Reddit is a good one. IGN is a good one. And Dextro is always coming out with new articles. But this particular information we got from Pro Game Guides. So let's start off with the passive ability. The passive ability is Tracker, where you can see clues left behind by the foes. So this is a really interesting passive ability because it really. This is a really interesting passive ability because it's really good at tracking down people. So what this is going to do is it's going to show you footsteps. So you know that somebody has been here not too long ago. You can also see if there's blood on the floor because somebody got wounded. You can see where maybe somebody died. You can see what killed them by the bullet cases on the floor and even recently opened doors. Now, normally this is stuff that you could probably see anyways, but it's really good because it highlights it and it brings your attention to it. Then let's talk about the tactical ability, Eye of the Allfather. 
So with the eye of the Allfather, this briefly reveals hidden enemies, traps, and clues around the structures that you're in. Now, the clues are things that you normally see on the floor anyways, but what is good about the Eye of the Allfather is it makes it a lot more highlighted, and you can see them from further away. Now, this is limited, and even if you see an enemy through a wall, it shows the enemy from where you pinged the ability. So it doesn't mean that that's going to be where they are, although it gives you a really good idea of where they might have been and hopefully give you a good idea of where you can go next. Now, one of the most important things you want to do when you're using these abilities, whether it's the Eye of the Allfather or just using your tracking abilities, is you want to use your ping system. We're going to talk a little bit about this in Coaching Champions, but we really want to emphasize that using your ping is great. And Bloodhound is the most important when using your ping. Because if you see somebody in the distance, if you see somebody through a wall, whatever the case might be, you need to relay this to your team as quickly as possible and as often as possible. And finally, the ultimate ability, Beast of the Hunt. This enhances your senses, allowing you to move faster and highlighting your prey. What's really good about this is even from long distance, you'll be able to see enemies. So once again, get to that ping and ping all the enemies you can for all your teammates. One of the best things about this is the speed increase. So not only are you seeing people from far away, you're seeing their movements, but with this speed boost, this really makes it good for flanking and getting up on the enemy, pushing the enemy when they might be least expecting it. Another really good thing about the ability is that you can see them through smoke or any other abilities that might obscure your vision. The most important thing to remember is that this lasts 35 seconds, which is a really good length. So you're going to be running around at top speed for 35 seconds. But this also means that you have 35 seconds to soak up all the information you can. How many squads are in your area? How many people are in those squads? You need to feed all this information to your squad. Is that through the ping system because you don't have a mic? Or do you have a mic and you can realize or do you have a mic and you can relay this all with your voice? Hey, we got three people east, 240. We have two people over here. You need to relay everything you can. Because after the 35 seconds is gone, there goes all your advantage. So those are the basic descriptions of each ability and what they do. Now, how do we use these to our advantage? The passive ability is probably one of the easiest ones because let's say somebody gets away from you. You don't want them to heal. You don't want them to have a chance to recharge their shields. So this tracker ability lets you see their footsteps. So the best thing to do, especially if you've just engaged them and they're trying to retreat, the best thing you can do is pay attention to these markers. Do not look straight down at them because then it'll take you that extra second to look up and hopefully shoot the person. Instead, try to keep your eyes at a good level and see them on the ground as you're passing by them. If you can't see the next marker, take a quick look around and keep moving. You don't want to be in one spot for too long because they could be planning a comeback. The Eye of the Allfather might be simple, but a good thing about it is it doesn't have a big recharge. So 
if you get to a new area and you're not sure if there's anybody there, it might be a good idea to just pop this as soon as you get there. Especially if you see markers like an open door or somebody mantled here. If you see those, you should automatically pop it. But even if it's just a new area, you should always pop it in a new area. The ultimate ability, Beast of the Hunt, is really good for pushing. Or really good if you know somebody is in the distance but you can't quite see them. These are two really good reasons to use Beast of the Hunt. Either you want to flank them or you want to find them. Either way, this is a really good ability. And having one person on the team as Bloodhound is going to give you an advantage over somebody who doesn't have him. Especially if they're really good at communicating and they're really good at using that ping system. But Bloodhound is probably one of the characters that is a very high tier character that should be in almost every professional squad. Because being able to know where everybody is is a invaluable set of skills all right and that is a really good chunk of stuff that you would need to know so you can play and hopefully master bloodhound now next segment we're going to be coaching champions all right so this is going to be our segment for tips and tricks once again you guys are going to be involved in this we want you guys involved in this so go to apex legends cast on twitter or apex legends hubcast at gmail.com and you can contact us you can dm us however you want to do it and you can give us your tips and tricks what do you guys do or what have you seen on reddit or anything like that let us know what do you think is good ways to beat the game, how do you play a certain character? Maybe a little known fact about maybe the map or how to use a certain ability in a unique way. Let us know. Let us know your tips and tricks so we can coach some champions. So I think one of there's been a lot of tips and tricks out there, but I think one of the main things that is a really good tip is ping is your best friend. The more you use it, the better. Because even if, like, let's say, for instance, you all have mics and you're all talking to each other. And I say, I'm going to go to this building and loot it. Well, if Nate doesn't know what building I'm talking about, maybe he goes to the same building and starts picking up the weapons that I wanted to pick up. And then there's this momentary frustration like, dude, I'm looting this. Go Go to another, you know, building or something like that. But if I just look over to the building and I ping real fast, I'm going to go loot this building. You, there is a, if you hold down, there is a thing to say that you're looting here, like looting here. But I feel like if you just ping and you have a mic, say, hey, I'm going to loot over here. If you don't have a mic, then you can hold down and you can say that you're going to be looting this area. And hopefully if you have good team members, <laughs> then they'll they'll listen to you and they'll they'll know what you're trying to do not only that but a really good thing to do is the second you see somebody or the second you see movement or something double tap double tap or however how do you do it on pc nate um it's the it's the same it's you, the same double tap. The scroll yeah you use the scroll wheel for ping okay and so you can either hold it and pick it or just double tap okay so yeah as soon the second you see an enemy double tap whatever your ping button is because 
even if it takes you an extra second to then start shooting at them, at least everybody on your team knows where the firing's coming from. Because sometimes in those first couple of seconds when you're hearing gunfire but you have no idea where it's coming from can be really frustrating. Whereas if you're working as a team and as soon as somebody sees them and you know exactly where the firing is going to be happening, then those couple of seconds that you were trying to find where they are are now spent with you trying to figure out how you can one-up that person, how you can outplay that person. And so lessening that couple of seconds of thinking and then strategizing is so much better than just not knowing what's going on. Cause like, for instance, you know, we talked about it last uh, episode, I think, but like there's this nice little feature where if one of your um, players or one of your teammates is firing, there's a nice little muzzle flash next to their name. That's good to know that they're in a firefight, but unless you know what direction that firefight is happening, because especially if you guys are split up because you're in one room and you're in another room and you're picking up something, but all you see is that muzzle flash, that doesn't really help. But if you see the muzzle flash and you see an enemy indicator, then you know, oh, there's this back door I could go to and help him out by flanking the enemy or cutting off their team members. There's so many different ways that that is so useful. Yeah, I, I agree. The ping is like we talked about last episode. It's one of the best features, but I, you know, I don't think people are using a lot of people are using it to the full potential. But it, we can't stress enough of how great of a feature this is and how you know how much it helps with the game. You mm-hmm. know, another thing is with your inventory system, and this is a, a great thing. That's a benefit to it. You don't have to worry about if you're swapping weapon about having to switch over attachments or anything it's going to automatically switch over to whichever next weapon you pick, uh, which is a great tip. And it's also a great feature to, to pay attention to, Mm -hmm. because if you like, you know, a thing, you can switch it over also in the menu to a different weapon. So there was a time before where I picked up a hollow and it was on my pistol. And so I just went to my menu and I transferred over to my, to my primary, you know, to my other weapon. Right. Speaking of weapons, um, another really, you know, good tip or, okay, let me mark that. Going into weapons, uh, IGN has a great, great list on some of the best weapons to use in the game. And one of the things that's really nice about this article, this guide, is that it actually has a list of weapons, like as far as tiers. Mm-hmm. So, for example, they have things like at the very bottom tier, they have the Mozambique. Queef. You know, you go up a little, Mozambique. <laughs> you go up a little bit higher, you have the P2020 and the RE45. And then you kind of get into, you know, what's the best and what's, you know, kind of okay. Their top tiers on their list is going to be the Mastiff, the Kraber, 50 cal, mm-hmm. uh, and the Peacekeeper, especially with a precision choke. Oh, yeah. Um, that's going to be their S tier. Now, as far as A goes, from what they're saying, some of the best weapons to use are going to be the Wingman, mm-hmm. the Flatline, Spitfire, our favorite, the G7 Scout, and the Prowler. Now, mm, this is definitely. one in particular. I totally agree with that. If you pick up a Prowler, don't drop it. Do not drop it. Don't switch it for something else. Just make sure you find a select fire attachment. Hell yeah. Because that thing will turn into a laser weapon. I mean, it dominates. It absolutely dominates. So that's something I've run into a lot where I'll pick up a Prowler. I'm like, oh, there's a Spitfire. Let me pick it up. Although Spitfire is great, especially in a close quarter situation, that Prowler will just tear through people like that piece. I mean, you'll have to start putting out ads for your mowing company. Right, of how much you're just mowing down enemies. 
Um, what's also nice about this guide is they break down the weapons in and of themselves uh, with spray patterns as well mm -hmm. and the graphics they have. So we'll put the link in the description for the episode. Hopefully taking a look at this guide will give you some more wins and be able to get you higher up in that champion ranking. All right, and then we're always going to end the show with some reader mail. So I will, I'll say it one more time. Apex Legends cast on Twitter or Apex Legends hubcast at gmail.com. Go to either one of those and you can let us know what you would like to be in the reader mail. Now, we did have one person write in so far, and that was Marcel Climo. Marcel said, I got a question for next episode. Let's talk Titans. Can you imagine having a limited time mode in the style of Evolve where a squad hunts down a Titan or possible the whole map tries to take down a whole squad of Titans? Would, oh, would that be rad? How would it work? So, I mean, one thing that EA has been kind of driving down into the dirt, it seems like one interview after another, they've been talking about how we tried a bazillion ways to put titans in the game but this is definitely one that i actually find intriguing because is this something that they've thought about because let's be honest whoever thinks about the video game evolve not a lot of people <laughs> no no that's definitely true <laughs> so but i like your idea about having like everybody's hunting down this titan or everybody's hunting down the squad of titans i feel like that could be because like uh, a really good for instance is fortnite had it so that you could become uh thanos and so you had the mm -hmm. uh, you had the gauntlet and you can you could you were super op but that was sort of the power fantasy was that you were the one person out of a hundred who was lucky enough to get the gauntlet you know, and I think another thing is they did this sword. I can't remember what it's called because I don't play that much Fortnite, but they had the sword. But the unique thing about it was that if you got kills in the same area, I think it like charged up the sword. And so then the more it got charged up, you wanted to pick the right time to pick it up because you could pick it up at its lowest level. And that I, I don't know, I guess it didn't do as much damage or you could wait till the end. And so there are modes like this in the temporary, you know, the limited time runs. So having a evolved style run where you have, you know, 57 people and they're going after three Titans, you know, I feel like something like that could actually be like really fun and it could hopefully appease all the people who are, you know, wanting the Titans in the game somehow. And it could be a really interesting way. So, I mean, like, is that a way that out of the one bazillion that they tried? Who knows? I mean, what do you think, Nate? Marcel, I think that's an excellent question. And especially with the things you add on later in the question of uh, kind of giving more descriptions, that's, that, that's, that's great. That's an absolutely great thought. My thought reading this was, let's say, what if in this game mode, each squad has a Titan <gasps> and it's a Titan Ooh. either that, a one squad member's controlling or it's a auto titan that's with the squad so no one's controlling it it's just each if, person and so the goal oh, oh sorry go ahead the goal would of the mode would be for each squad to take out their own tight or not each squad each squad to take out the other squad okay. titan so kind of like a last titan standing but with pilots true, and things like true. that okay so i have another i have another thought what if 
like when you when you pick up some of these dog tags and you go to the respawns what if instead of picking up a dog tag you pick up codes for like the launch the launch codes of a titan so you take those launch codes you take it to one of the respawns you have to hold it down maybe instead of the five seconds that you hold it down you have to hold it down for a little bit longer and so then you call in the titan and so that could be like the power up um and then that could create you know just like just like you have with like the redeploys and the respawn areas you have like these points of extra points of interest and so maybe there could be a total of you know three so let's let's call it three or something but let's maybe there's like a total of three and kind of like how when you first drop into the match there's this like blue circle and that blue circle is the high target area or whatever you want to call i can't remember what it's called it's at this moment but basically you know there's going to be higher tier stuff in that blue circle well what if instead of that one blue circle you have four blue circles three blue circles and you know that somewhere in that blue circle you're going to get the launch codes to a titan and so you create this nice little mode where everybody's going to those blue circles because they want to, or they're hoping to, you know, roll the dice and get a really good weapon that they can use against the Titans. So I'm assuming if they did this, they would also have to launch uh, an RPG. <laughs> they'd have to put an RPG in the in the game mode, or they'd have to figure out certain. But I think that could be another you know layer to the cake, you know, an, or another way to do it. I think that's definitely something we're going to see. I mean, that idea sounds like it writes right. itself. I mean, it really does. So that's that's. I definitely see that something. I definitely think that's something we're going to see uh, in the future, either this year or maybe you know later on down the line. Um, but again, great question from Marcel. Uh, I definitely think that's something to think about, and I think that could add a very interesting element to definitely. the gameplay. And remember, if you want your reader mail read here online make sure to write into us at either apex legends cast on twitter or apex legends hubcast at gmail.com so that is going to be the show for this week thank you once again so much for joining us thank you so much to all the 900 people who listen to us and hopefully continue to listen to us. maybe they just listen to us and now only like 50 return and they're like i hate those jackasses <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's hope, let's not. hope let's not. not but for all of you people out there thank you so much once again to enter in the giveaway go to your instagram go to your twitter and repost, retweet, whatever you want about this. It would also be nice if you followed us on Twitter. You know, I'm not making that a prerequisite, but it would be really nice if you also followed us on Twitter. So, on Twitter, it is at Apex Legends Cast or TX3 Productions. It's TX3 Productions on Instagram as well and Threat X3 Productions on Facebook, if that's how you do it. Also, if you could, it would be super, super awesome if you could go on to iTunes or go on to your podcast of choice or your podcast service of choice and drop us a review. It would be really great to us and it would help us get out there more and have more people see us. So that'd be really great if you get, plus it would be a really good way 
of knowing what you guys think of the show. If you do have some constructive criticism, I would like you to actually DM us rather than putting it in the review just because, you know, the, we, we want some good stuff. But also DM us. Let us know what you guys think of the show, what you would like us to talk about, what you would like the topic of the week to be. Those many different ways you can do that and also enter in that giveaway. So this was Nick. And this has been Nate. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Hubcast. We'll see you in...